When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Hi everybody, I'm Annabelle and I'm absolutely fine, but I am very busy at the moment. And I really resent busyness. You know, we live in a sort of cult of busyness where you say to someone, how are you? And they say, busy? <laughs> to shut you up and also to prove that they are, you know, <laughs> to valid. Validate. Yeah, yeah, to validate. I don't like being busy. I like to have plenty of time to sit on my bed and stare at the wall. But that's not happening now. And I resent it. I resent the fact that I feel like my diary is the boss of me, whilst also having to acknowledge that it's much better for me than having empty time and that I have more energy. I feel less exhausted, less defeated and just generally healthier in every way. And I don't, even, I don't like saying that out loud. No, I know it's a horrible thing to admit, isn't it? That the thing that you basically want to shore your life up against is actually the thing that might be propelling it forward in a positive way. Yeah, really cross about that. Um, How are you? Well, you know what? It's interesting. Hi, I'm Emily. I'm absolutely fine. But I have, woke up on Sunday morning with um, an almost overwhelming feeling of restlessness. What did that feel like? Well, it feels like, and I've got it right now, and I think it, I, don't know, I just can't unpack what it is. It feels like something is running up the inside of, from my chest up to my throat. So it's going, and it feels like it's a sort of internal manifestation of something that I should be doing. And I immediately got up and I thought, oh gosh, I better go for a walk. So rather than sort of unnamed dread, is it like unnamed need? It's, uh, yes, it's unnamed searching for something that I don't know what it is. So it's like, what is the thing that I need to put there in order to stop it, to calm it down? And I don't know what it is. Are you tearful as well? I have been a little tearful. Yeah. I mean, it could be hormonal. It could be... You it know, could always be it could hormonal. Be, it could be the demons. Oh, it could be. Demons. It could be excitement about kind of, you know, future projects that are happening. Who knows? But it's really odd because I can't put a name in, on it and I feel like I don't like it. Yeah. Anyway... Um, long-time listeners of the podcast will know that our next guest is someone that we hold in extremely high regard. Addictions therapist, and I'm now going to say, and all-round badass. Absolutely. Mandy, Mandy Saligari, and who has given us, and I mean, definitely me, life-changing advice over the years. Five weeks ago, Mandy was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, stage four, and last week began her chemotherapy. Now, feelings are her speciality. I mean, her TED talk is called Handle Your Feelings Before They Handle You. And she is here today to talk to us about everything that is going on. And I feel sort of stupid asking you this, but, you know, Mandy, how are you? Hmm. I would say I'm absolutely fine. Right this second, I feel quite um, emotional, actually. Mm. 
I feel quite emotional. You know, it's very strange. Before this diagnosis, I was saying to my team and people around me, I can't seem to be able to cry. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I haven't cried for ages. I can't seem to be able to cry. And I've done a lot of crying Mm. in the last few weeks. Not sobbing, but just, you know, water coming out of my eyes. And yeah, I'm sitting here feeling quite emotional, actually. It's funny when that happens, when you just start to leak from your face. You know, you're really, you're not howling or sobbing, but it needs to come out. Maybe it's 30 years worth. Maybe it's five weeks worth. Yeah. But this is maybe turning out to be a portal to all sorts of... It is. It is. It's been, it's been a ride, let's say. What happened? So I've got rheumatoid arthritis, right? So I hurt all the time. And there's a sort of low level of pain all the time. And my right shoulder had been aching for a bit. And I was away. I'd taken time off over the summer. And my shoulder was really aching. And I asked a friend of mine, I was in a bikini, and I asked a friend of mine, who's an A&E nurse, and I said, well, what do you reckon to this? And she said, well, your shoulder blade is about 45 degrees sticking out from your back. She said, I don't like the look of it. You ought to go and get a scan. And I was in Turkey. And I thought, okay. So I booked myself in for a scan with a really good hospital. The healthcare is amazing. And I had to drive four and a half hours to the hospital to go and get this scan. And as I was driving, I had the windows open, I was playing music and I was aware somewhere in the back of my mind that these were really precious moments. I sort of knew this feeling. I don't know why, but I remember thinking it. And I got to the hospital, I met the translator and she was like, oh, don't worry. And I was like, do I look worried? And she said, yeah, you look a bit worried. And I said, don't worry, don't worry. We'll just pop you in for a scan and blah, blah, blah. I went in for uh, the MRI scan. And when I came out, the atmosphere was very different. Mm. And I had this like, you know, hushed voices and people sort of glancing at each other. And they gave me a cup of tea. And, you know, in Turkey, they usually charge for tea. <laughs> and I thought, oh, OK. And then I went free and had tea. A, free tea, not looking good. And then I went and had a CT scan and then had to go and meet the senior doc. And he just turned his screen around and he said, I'm so sorry. And there was something that looked a bit like alien crawling up over my shoulder, which was a nine centimetre mass. And uh, it was that moment, you know, when somebody says to you, you've got cancer. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's inescapable. It's like driving down the main road and you get diverted down a one-way street and you can't turn around. Yeah. You know, you're in it. You can't turn around. You're in a one-way street. And I just felt myself just... And it was very weird because I didn't feel frightened. I feel sort of sick as I'm talking about it now, but at the time I didn't feel frightened or sick. The first thing I said was, um, oh, my God, what am I going to do about my children? You know, because I'm pretty much all they've got. And I just sort of sat there and listened. And then I said, OK, look, I just need to go and take it in. So I went and took it in for a minute. And then I decided to ring my kids. And I said, look, are you all together? And two of them were together. And I just thought, I just want to be completely transparent. And that's how I've done this all the way through. Mm. I was just like, and I, I told them. And I watched them both crumple and cry. And then I just saw them pull together. I said, I'm coming home. Yeah. So uh, I went and sat outside in my car. I was on my own. I went and sat outside 
and I looked out across this beautiful valley and I thought it was so weird, this overwhelming sense of peace Mm. and gratitude just washed through me. And for the first time, I just thought, you know, you've, I thought I have lived a really good life for the last 30 years. Mm. And it was this feeling of, you know, just feeling really peaceful with everything that I've done and with who I am. And I felt really grateful. And in that moment, just everything felt so sharply beautiful. Mm. So strange. I mean, <laughs> I know. What a shame that that's what it takes after all the work that you've put in and all you've given to people. So strange. You know, it's really weird. It's like you teach best that which you most need to learn. Mm. And I thought that I was taking in as much as was on offer and so on. And it just wasn't true. I mean, this whole diagnosis has broken a part of me, which in a way I'm grateful for, if that doesn't sound too weird. Because um, I had no idea... I just had no idea how much sort of love and beauty and kindness, real kindness there is out there. And kindness that's meant for you as well. Yes, exactly. You know, that this you, thing that's, that's yours, that is, yeah. you know... And that you deserve. Yeah. Like, purely. It's I mean, that's really hard, I'm hearing you say it, and I can still hear a bit of, like, OK, 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 going on, but yes. No, no, I mean, I can't say it enough, but, I mean, I, I'm sure everybody who's come into contact with you in, in either a professional... Walks or away even, richer. Yes, exactly. This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now, you guys know that we're not shy about getting things off our chest. The tiny inconveniences that can ruin our days to the big, overwhelming worries that can flood our nights. Trouble is, we all got into the habit of saying, I'm absolutely fine. Emily and I added the but specifically to get off autopilot and give ourselves the space to say what we were really experiencing. But we weren't always so free with our inner furies. A few years ago, I began experiencing debilitating panic attacks because I felt I couldn't tell anyone all the things that I was feeling, that I was not coping, that I felt like a failure. I was so ashamed, so I kept it all bottled inside. And of course, it started leaking out. It was only when I found a therapist and began sharing those doubts and insecurities with her that the panic began to dissipate. Because therapy can be a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash midalt. That's better H-E-L-P dot com slash midalt. Better help, because sometimes the best thing to do is acknowledge that we are not, in fact, absolutely fine. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
exactly. I mean, I just remember sitting, listening to you talking. You were on stage and I'd met you in the green room before, but you were on stage and you were talking about codependence and it unlocked a whole key to my life, my childhood, my growing up, everything. And now I'm going to cry. But, you know, and it has helped me in the way that I look at my relationships with my children and my husband and my friends, my family, everything. And you did that. You did that in five minutes. And it's a miracle. Work. Yeah. So, you know, if anybody deserves to, and it's not a, it's not an if anybody deserves, but you deserve, you deserve to be able to feel all of the things that you're feeling right now. Doesn't make it easy, but it no. is, it is one, it is an ambition that you have around this, isn't it? To feel the feelings. It's interesting because, um, yes, you know, I, I said, I want to do this my way. When I got home, I spoke to my kids and I said, you know, I really want to try and do this my way. Because when you get this, when I got this um, diagnosis, you know, it's it literally is like being in a one-way street. You can't turn off it. You're now in the system. Now all the MRIs, the PET scans, you know, is it treatable? Is it not treatable? Take the biopsy. And you just have to roll with what's going on. And uh, and I'm just like, I really want to do this my way. And my own the only way I know how to do this is actually to feel the feelings as they're happening. And people sort of said to me, you know, I know you're scared. And I'm thinking, no, 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 I'm actually not scared. Mm. I feel really weird. You know, my mum's got dementia. And in the simplicity of her dementia, she sort of sits there and says, the only thing that really matters is love. Mm. You know, and I'm right there with her. Mm. It's like to kind of try and understand things through the lens of just loving something or someone or understanding not judging who the hell am I to tell you who you should be just to listen to stand beside to bear witness to just kindness you know just yeah. and I uh, I decided to go on to um, social media I just made the decision to be completely transparent because both of my two oldest children are in recovery from addiction and I said to them, when I talked to them, I said, you must be allowed to share this. You must be allowed just to talk. You must be allowed. Don't lock it inside. Don't tiptoe around. Don't keep the secret. Don't tiptoe around me. You know, none of us know what's going to happen. None of us, there's so much uncertainty. You know, and the cancer card's like a big card to play into, into your day. Um, and so I thought, well, if they're going into the fellowships and talking about it in there, loads of people are going to know. I need to tell all my clients because otherwise they're going to be wondering where I've gone. Um, so I thought, well, if I'm going to tell all my clients and my kids are going to talk about it in the fellowships, I just thought I'm just going to talk about it openly. And so I did. I just talked about it openly. And the unbelievable amount of connection, identification, questions, support, love, feedback has been mind-blowing mm. I mean it's been my it's been like a little friend mm. you know people just calling in and you know people who've got really difficult lives and shit going on in their lives and they're still writing you know good morning Mandy how are you today and that sort of other centeredness it's just really touching yeah you know it's just people in their own lives, doing their own things. They've still got a moment to check in and say, are you okay today? Because of all the kindness, but also because you are reaping what you have sowed. Yeah, maybe. You are. This is a big old dividend 
for all the work that you've done and all the people that you've helped. You know, it, it is, isn't yeah. it, Emily? I, I, I it's not just happening, you know, randomly. No, but then if you think about it, you know, being good, in inverted commas, does not offset shit things happening, no. right? No. You know, if I if I love a guy, right, and I'm really good to him, it doesn't mean he's going to treat me well. Yeah. Okay, so being good doesn't give you some sort of karmic advantage. In fact, it was really weird because I was talking to my oldest son, Dan, and uh, we were talking about karma, and I said, so what's my fucking karmic debt? What is it? And Dan said to me, do you know what? He said, everybody gets it wrong on social media about karma. Karma's coming to punish you. Karma will get them. You don't have to get them. Karma will get them. He said, karma is not out to punish. He said, karma is about balance. He said, you've been living out of balance for the last 20 years. He said, you know, you've shouldered a massive burden. You've just brought us up, started the company, you know, worked in the, in the industry you work in. Um, and he said, and I think you've neglected your body and now it's your body's turn. He said, it's just karmic balance. It's interesting, the metaphor about shouldering and then Isn't it? The, the, the shoulder, the, shoulder Isn't it? the mass. Sorry, that Isn't really it? had made me ping up in a kind of, yeah. Isn't it? Wow. Isn't it? I know, because <laughs> apparently it's really unusual to get cancer of the shoulder. I mean, it almost sounds like a joke like that, which it emphatically isn't. But then, so so you, you came back to England and, and then you discovered that, that it was treatable. So I came when back someone to said stage four, you think? Yeah. So I came back and they just put me through every, every single scan known to man. I mean, literally the whole of my body all over. And I was whooped through the system in a week. Biopsy taken. They've got this thing on my shoulder. They didn't take it out of the bone, which is really painful. They took the biopsy out of the lymph gland. And then I went away to Turkey for a week because I thought I just want to live in denial for one week. Because you've been living to... in Turkey. I've you? been touring and foreign to Turkey. So I rent a flat down there and just take breakout time there and then home and my kids come. And it's a lovely, lovely way to live, to be fair. Very lucky. So I went and waited down there, went swimming at midnight. It was lovely. And then they rang me and said, it's lymphoma. So non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is highly treatable. It's the most treatable form. So stage four with lymphoma is different to stage four with anything else. So even though it's in my um, liver, it's in my spine, it's all over my body. The lymphoma treatment is the most researched. It's an established care pathway. It's got massive success rates. So um, I am lucky to have this one. There is um, other sides of it. We won't know the full prognosis until the first six months are done but we're going for it with the lymphoma so yes so I came back knowing that that's what it was it's treatable and started the whole process of going into chemotherapy and so we're is it nine days away from your first chemotherapy yeah, so where are treatment? we no seven seven, seven, seven days, days. And, and so I went in I did two days so I had to do uh, six hours and then four hours of chemo what a whacked out experience that was as well. So you remember, you know, I'm an addict in recovery, right? So <laughs> alcohol was never my thing. You know, gambling was never my thing. Drugs were my thing, right? Drugs are men, right? But <laughs> it's not a pretty sight to be on cocaine with a man in my sight. It's scary. <laughs> anyway, so drugs are men. So yes, and um, there I am amped up on steroids, <sighs> right? And uh, feeling like I've been on sort of a cocaine binge for three days and then I've dropped a quaalude and somewhere in the middle I've taken a load of acid. I mean, that's basically what it felt like. 
I went in to... a good way. Oh my god, it was horrendous. <laughs> it was horrendous. I'm like, I cannot believe that I used to pursue this feeling. Oh, <laughs> but it was really yuck. interesting on your on your um, Instagram, which I urge you to look at because um, Mandy's documenting her her journey and with complete transparency transparency and honesty and you're you wrote you know i can feel it yeah i can actually feel it yes. going into myself and through your veins through, yeah, and there's something about obviously having been you know you have a lot of clean time most yeah. more of your life by far so the idea that you're so sent you know you can yeah. you can you can feel the toxins that are going in yes i could actually feel it so i've got this port in my chest so you have a choice when you've got chemo as to have these um lines that get tapped into your arm or into your chest so that they don't have to keep opening up a vein right and you have you can just open up a couple they're called pick lines mm. and I asked for the one in my chest because it means that I can actually go swimming if I want to so it gives me freedom and I'm also really clumsy I knew if I yeah. knock this bloody thing on my arm all the time I just knew it would be yeah. awful anyway so I got this port in my chest and literally she put the first pass into my chest and I felt it go in I could actually feel the toxins going into my body and the chemo, I mean, I was just thinking, it was very strange because I thought, I've got to visualise this. So the day before I was thinking, okay, mind, spirit and emotion, right? They're the allied forces and they're all strong, right? But the body has been invaded by cancer, right? So the allied forces are going to come in. So they had secret meeting with the body on the Sunday. And they said, we're coming in tomorrow around 10 o'clock and we are going to go into full Chernobyl attack on the body. So hide all your resources, hide anybody who's valuable, put a but few nobodies on the street so, the, so that the cancer doesn't have any suspicions, right? <laughs> so I go into really the chair like and, I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, body, are you ready? Yeah. We're coming in under stealth mode. The battle mode yeah, is set. Yeah, battle mode is set. So, and the atomic bomb was dropped on my body, right? So Chernobyl created, but hopefully everybody's underground, yes. ready to come back and do the cleanup action. And mind, emotion and spirit are my allied forces coming in to support the body at this point. So this is what I was thinking when I was doing the chemo. I'm thinking that's that's what's going on. Were you frightened at that point? No. I, Has I there think been fear for you? The only time I got scared was when I was talking to a really good friend of mine, one of my closest friends who's been with me throughout all of this. And I just said to her, I can put up with absolutely anything. I can go through any amount of suffering I just don't want to die. Yeah. I just, I don't want to die. Yeah. I'm not ready to die. I got too much to do. I don't want to die. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And so you've drawn your line in the sand, haven't you? You're not saying, I'm scared I'm going to lose my hair. No. I'm scared I'm going to be sick. I'm scared I'm going to be a burden to people. I'm scared, you know, I'm I, I, I'm sorry to anyone listening, I'm talking out of turn because it's not something that I have experienced. But you have said that, yes. is, that, is, that is where it, yes. that's where it is for me. Yeah, it absolutely is. I don't want to die. I'm just thinking Yet. about the way that <laughs> one, you know, names the feelings, names the fear. It's really interesting. And I think it's so 
amazing that you can do that for yourself rather than thinking, my immediate thought, the codependent, would be like, I'm scared to die because of the people I love, you know, whatever. I didn't, I would don't think I could own it for myself and you own it for yourself and that's amazing. Yeah, I, I don't want to leave my kids. Yeah. I don't want, I've got things to do. Yeah. I, you know, I look, I, I feel like I'm awake. Mm. I thought I was awake before. What a moron, honestly. <laughs> I was not awake. I'm just like, wow, this world is unbelievable. It's fabulous. It's really beautiful. I mean, I feel like I am just looking at people and like I, I've, I've done a few sessions, which I'm not going to be able to do, I don't think, going forward, because I'm going to really focus on getting well and I want to focus on writing a lot and I want to focus on really being experiencing what I'm going through, but... Just also it's, hard for a client to know that their therapist totally. is sick and then say, I, my boyfriend's being really mean to me. Yeah. Or, you know, I resent my mum. Yeah. You know. Yeah, totally. It's not fair. To burden you in the way they yeah, should be able it's to. really, yeah, exactly. So, no, you need to step away. But I feel like a knife through butter. Yeah. You know, I feel like, not cut to the chase, but really, there's nothing like the clarity that comes from just absolutely seeing that we're all walking on this cliff edge and being so aware of the sort of death drop to yeah. the right. Yeah. You know, and the clarity that comes out of it. And it's not cruel clarity. It's just like, it's just, it's just, it's just really simple and really clear. So this is a proper experience. It's a proper experience. Isn't it? And I want to have it. Yeah. And I want the good stuff out of it. And there's a kind of gift that goes with it. There's a real gift that goes with it. You know, I feel so grateful I mean, my kids and I, we've just been, just the closeness, the strength that's come out of it, the clarity that's come out of it. Yeah, just the appreciation for for life. How have you felt physically in the last week? Oh, God, you... awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Everything they Bodies say is true. Yeah. <laughs> Bodies are Also, wreck. by the way, Mandy also looks amazing. I mean, Frustratingly so. Like, you could like, like supermodel good. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Blonde, brown, blue eyes, I like, know, you yeah, know, your sapphires. Eyes looking so clear. It's like... What yeah. kind of wig shall I get? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have more than one, can't you? Yes. Do you know what? I Multiple thought, wigs. I thought I'd, I thought I'd go everything from the sort of Farrah Fawcett to the yeah. Uma Thurman Pump Fiction. Might even get myself a Mohican for the pissed off days. There's <laughs> <laughs> a Mohican yeah. glued onto a Do you remember hat? the old days? You, yes. <laughs> Down the King's Road, a.k.a. 1980. Like the young ones. Yes. yes exactly. No, body was awful. I mean, my God, Saturday. So I did three days where I was feeling a bit tired, but I sort of thought I was getting away with it. And then Saturday, the decline was as quick as dropping a stone. I mean, honestly, one second I was kind of feeling... Oh, a bit off. The next thing, I mean, I'm sorry, but there w- I was sick. I had diarrhea. There was no controlling anything. Yeah. My kids got worried. They rang the Royal Free where I'm getting the chemo. They said go to A&E. And they gave me fluids. antibiotics, fluids, painkiller, and uh, antibiotics and anti-sickness. A really powerful anti-sickness. And the weird thing about anti-sickness, which I didn't know until this morning is that anti-sickness doesn't work if you feel nauseous. Your body, your body won't absorb an anti-sickness drug if you feel nauseous. What, so they have to get it to you in the window in when between you're not feeling, feeling sick and feeling sick. Yes, so when you have your chemo, even if you don't feel sick, you've got to take your anti-sickness meds. But if it's not the right anti-sickness med for you, it won't necessarily work. Right. So I was taking them, but it didn't work 
it worked for a couple of days and then it wasn't the right one for me or whatever. But by the time I felt sick, the anti-sickness stuff doesn't absorb. So mm. then you have to have it intravenously. Do you now know the right anti-emetic or whatever for I you? I know the one that the one they gave me at the weekend was a, a gift. What and now, was the time period for this episode? Was it over? Um, started Saturday morning. So I was being sick. So it was about 36 hours of diarrhoea and sickness. Right. So you can imagine. And cramps. And cramps like, I mean, like. Agony. I mean, really agony, sweating. I, I mean, my kids were like, you went absolutely white as a sheet. And I'm tanned. Mm. <laughs> I just said, you went absolutely white. And they were frightened. And this is the chemo supposedly doing its job, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, if, if I'm suffering like this, I keep thinking, well, the cancer must be really fucking suffering. Yeah. <laughs> 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 fucking cancer. Fuck yeah, completely. Um, yeah. And so you're going to use, it's, it's, a, it's an every three week protocol. Yeah, I'm going every three weeks. So basically you have the chemo, the immune system crashes, you get sick. Um, the following week, the immune system starts to pick up. Then um, you can have a test to see where your immune system is. White and in those and... last five days pre the last, the next chemo, potentially you're free to go and do whatever you want. Jump out of a plane go to Turkey, do whatever it is I want to do. Yeah. And I'm really, I think it's really important to bank the good stuff. Yeah. So I, because, you know, even when you're sitting in the chair, when you when shit things are going down, you want rocking chair stories, you want memories, you want things to chuckle about. You want, I want to know that I'm someone worth fighting for. Yeah, right? choose life, right? Yeah, and I want to know that some of those things are really funny and there's unexpected things about me and there's things that I'm going to plot and do and there's going to be, you know, nice stuff to yeah. do and... Um, you know, dancing to be had and singing, singing to be done, and night swims to be had, and so boys to be flirted every, with. Oh, men, boys. stop it, Mandy. Because <laughs> that was a weird one. I think I said this to you before we came in. The minute that was the other thing. This really tied into being an addict. Is that when I was told I had cancer, something happened with me. Is that a sort of I felt like a an invisible glass dropped down between me and the outside world. Mm. Like suddenly, and I. It's not the case. It's my experience. What, do I don't want, want to offend anyone, but I felt dirty. Yeah. I felt like I felt like suddenly I had a sort of death card or a dirty card or a leper card or like nobody would fancy me. Nobody would want to be with me. Nobody, because somehow now my story is too big or my story is going to be, I don't know, whatever it is. But there was, and it reminded me of when I was an addict, when I owned being an addict, that people would look at me like, you know, you're dirty, there's something wrong mm. with you, an addict is, you know, this thing. And I really felt it. Yeah. And it felt really isolated. It felt just in an instant, I felt like other. It's very shamey, isn't it? Yeah, there's something about it that I'm not, um, maybe it is shame, that I'm somehow I'm not, yeah, that I'm other. Is that a default thing, do you think? Do you think that's a, do you think that's a... Have you not always felt a little bit other? I don't, I've always felt a bit other, but I'm okay with being a bit other. Right, so this is not other in a good way? This was other in a, in a kind of, yeah, I mean the word, it's not a nice word, it's a dirty, it's like, you know, like, um... Sort of contaminated. So yeah, that's it. Has it stayed with you? Mm, Well, I tell you what helped, and that was all the, all the connection on social media. Medicine for that bit. Honestly, Mm. people reaching out, grateful, loving people identifying other people suffering from it other people feeling the same it's exactly the same as the fellowships you sit in yeah. a room with people who are addicts and look at them and think yeah. i think you're amazing so if you're amazing i can be amazing yeah. we can all but it was yeah it was that feeling you know and yeah 
it, yeah, and it's thinking that, yeah, it's thinking my story will be too much yeah. for someone. Well, then they're not enough. Yeah. For you. So you're going to take your five days before each chemo session. That's my, my plan. Do something have with a them. Rager. I'm going to go and have a, a lifetime with, with my bodyguard, oldest son. He's <laughs> not letting me out of his sight, okay, actually. That, might, that yes. might stop uh, Mandy's, some of the, Mandy's yeah. bodyguard, oldest son, is downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having a cup of coffee while we record. Yeah. He's been amazing. Have you felt out of control at all around the uncertainty emotionally in the last five weeks? Do you know what? I think that's something that my addiction recovery has really given me. I am good at surrendering to help. I'm good at trusting the process. I'm a really good patient. Yeah. I'm a really good patient. I can put my hand myself in the hands of doctors or in the hands of a higher power, in the hands of... Um, I'm not controlling. I'm probably too liberal, if anything. Yeah. I feel this acceptance, surrender to help, surrender to a process. There's something in those fellowship rooms that offers you an opportunity to clear your conscience. Yeah. yeah. And is that where some of the gratitude came from? I think so. Right at the beginning, yeah. I think the gratitude, the sense of peace, the feeling of a clear conscience. I don't have any regrets. Yeah. You know, I'm up to speed with everyone and everything. So there was no backlog to go, oh my God, what about this? What about that? I need to sort this or that. Yeah. None of that was there. There was genuine concern for my kids. How will they be? And then there was this desire to... Just to live, yes. mm. you know, desire, this force of, you know, life. Well, I mean, I look forward to you coming back yes. in a few months' time to tell us, uh, you know, where it's taking you and what's happening next. But Thank you. Know, you. We are so we have such love for you. We're so yeah. grateful that you're here. So grateful. It's a gift. It's a gift to us. It's a gift to everyone who's listening. So love you know you all too, the too. love in the world. You know that. <laughs> yeah. I love you. Too. We all have hysterics yes. now. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to say thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you to Mandy, thank and we'll you. see you soon. See you soon. Thank you. You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of the Midult. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.